Welcome to the program. I'm very happy to have Tanya with me today here. And uh, Tanya, it's so nice to have you. And thank you for making some time. I know that you come... Um, we came from Meningi today. A bit far away, you know. How far will be from... Uh, it's about a two-hour drive. Two-hour drive. Yep. Yeah, we, we appreciate very much your uh, presence here. And uh, this time when you'll uh, share some of your story with uh, our listeners. This program is uh, uh, mainly featuring personal testimonies and the work with Jesus. Would you like to to introduce yourself a little bit more and share uh, your work with Jesus? So my name is Tanya. Um, I'm, I'm from Meningi. We've just moved down there about six months ago. Um, before that, I'm from a town called Lee Creek, which is a coal mining town. I, grew, I, sp- I spent all my childhood down there. When I was a small girl, my mum was an atheist and my dad had a Catholic background. But my mum, my mum being an atheist, she travelled around the world um, before she got married, wanted to see what was the purpose to this world and she didn't really find anything trying out different cultures and she saw Christianity with a lot of hypocrisy. So, But with that, she still sent my sister and I to a Catholic church by ourselves when we were quite small so we could make our own decision about God. As a young girl I really really loved going to church and I loved I loved God so from a young age I was I wanted to be a nun so I could get to heaven. On my dad's side of the background I mean, he was brought up Catholic but he wasn't going to church. Uh, my dad was a drinker and a smoker and my whole family on dad's side were all like that. My mum never drank or smoked and so for years we were going to church and then um, we stopped going when I was probably about 12. There was a change in the priesthood and we didn't like the new preacher, so mum said we didn't go. And and mum was the the one who who didn't believe in God? She didn't believe in God. She, but she she will uh, allow you to go to church? Yes. Would would she come with you occasionally to church? Or just no. no. All right. She used to tell me when I was a, quite young, she used to say she didn't believe in anything. She would often say as a, when I was a teenager that, um, she didn't care if she got hit by a bus tomorrow. She couldn't see any purpose to this life. And I used to get upset and tell her, but there's a God that loves you, Mum. And mm. she used to say, I don't believe in any of that rubbish. And, um, yeah, so from a young age, that's that was our family dynamics. My mum and I had a really good relationship. Mm. But as I left the church, like going to church, I still always believed in God. But as um, in my teenage years, one of my mum's friends started getting into the spiritual world so we started like doing going to tarot card readings and mm. um looking into the the new age movement and i've been went to mystic fairs and all sorts of interesting things trying to look into dreams and how old are you when you started to look into those things uh, probably about 15 mm, young yeah yeah i went to boarding school when i was 14 and growing up fairly quick really going to boarding school by that stage, though, I'll just add a bit of extra information. So I was 11 when I first started smoking cigarettes because I come from my dad's family that smoked, But I and I started drinking alcohol when I was 15 and then I started taking drugs at 17. Pretty, I hit everything pretty hard, not because I had a messed up background or mm. I just grew up in a family where having a good time is... You, ha- you had to drink to have a Was that time. also a l- kind of like a peer pressure? Or uh, I, d- I did the peer pressure. I was the one that encouraged people to drink and smoke. Or you? 
Yes. Yep. I um, I was I was eleven. Started smoking, and I encouraged my little sister, and she was nine when she started smoking, and my cousin was eight. Um, so I was really the bad one that was encouraging people. Yeah, I was always a bit mischievous, I suppose, looking for a bit of entertainment and excitement. Um, we would always, like if Dad had a party, I'd always go and look for the next day for leftover beer cans and things that we could have a drink from. We did that before I was 15, but I started getting drunk at about 15. Mm. And you're living at that time, uh, just uh, remind me again, uh, where were you living at that time? Uh, we lived, lived in Lee Creek. All right. Which is a coal mining town about 600 k's north of Adelaide. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we grew up there. We used to go, I used to go um, goat shooting with my dad and motorbike riding and mm-hmm. very mm-hmm. much country life. We had a good country life. And, and we had a good family life, really, aside from those other things that we got up to. We had quite a close family. But at that time, I mean, to find yourself drinking and smoking, and it was part of life in in that uh, country town or you know? everyone everyone drank and smoked okay. at a fairly young age yeah mm. i was probably a late starter compared to some of the other kids that i knew mm. but um with the uh, drugs anyway they all started about 13 oh, i actually was dead against drugs for oh. a few years i remember when i went to boarding school my boarding house parents told me because i didn't like the music i was listening to part of the One of my favourite bands was um, The Doors and I used to listen to The Doors and they told me that all the music and what they did and, you know, where that would lead and I didn't believe them. I told them I wasn't into drugs and, yeah, I just thought I just liked the music. But when I look back, I know that it definitely was the um, the music that led me down to the path I was going down with the, a lot of heavy drinking, a lot of heavy drugs and even promiscuous you know sex before marriage and all that sort of stuff and probably at that time you wouldn't uh, understand the implication of music and uh, um, other things you know i mean you just uh, went along you know yeah, with you just uh, think you like it with a crowd you yeah, know or, oh, yeah. you like the music you think that it's i don't know i just liked the music mm. and there was something about the lead singer that i liked and he became my idol and mm. i had three It was Janis Joplin's, Jimi Hendrix and Jim Morrison, which later on Led Zeppelin, Black Sabbath, mm. all that sort of stuff. But also a lot of, you know, the music of that our time as well. But I liked a lot of the older mm. music. Oh, that tells a little bit. Uh, we, don't, we didn't tell your uh, age, you know, to the, our listeners, but <laughs> <laughs> you, you, are, you are a young, uh, young lady. And uh, Tanya... Uh, Yeah, tell me more. Tell me more about uh, your family and how you grew up. Well, I have a sister, a younger sister, and I had lots of cousins in Lee, Lee Creek when I grew up. We had a fairly big family. My kids are fifth generation Lee Creekers, so we knew quite a few people in the area. It was a good free country life. We used to push the motorbikes out of town and go for a ride whenever we felt like it. We'd always go out bush walking and camping and... And for how long was this uh, lifestyle uh, part of your uh, experience? Okay, so I, I went to boarding school at 14 and I started um, an electrical apprenticeship when I was 17. I moved down to the Barossa Valley and worked at Adelaide Brighton Cement for 18 months and I was living with my nana down there for a little while, then I moved out. 
So, but my mum and dad were still at Lee Creek, so every opportunity to go home, I still, I travelled home. Hmm. Um, went to, and I had family in Port Perry, so I also transferred there for a little while, yeah, with my apprenticeship. And I was nineteen, and I ran out of uh, work, and so through friends, I managed to transfer to Darwin. And I didn't know anyone in Darwin, but I just jumped on the bus and went for an adventure. But mum and dad stayed in Lee Creek and we're still close. Probably not too long, about a year or so after I moved to Darwin, my little sister followed me. And then my cousins and we, a big group of us sort of all moved up there. I lived a fairly hard life in Darwin. Uh, you know, lots of drugs, lots of alcohol. Had my eyes opened wide to the real world outside of Lee Creek. Saw sorts of, saw lots of crazy things. I used to mix with all sorts of people that my kids always my son, my older son, he says to me that my mum, your friends are either weird or scary because mm. <laughs> I just mixed in different places. Let me just uh, just to interrupt you a little bit there. Uh, you've got uh, how many children? You've got two? Uh, three children. Three children. You've got a beautiful daughter I just met uh, just here a bit earlier and her name is Greta which is a very nice name because my name is Krita <laughs> it's just changing one letter there uh, and you've got another bo- a boy and two boys another two boys yeah. how old are they now the oldest one is 15 and the middle one he's nine hmm. so it's Jacob and Rick yeah <coughs> when I was in Darwin I met uh, Jacob's father um, probably in the first 12 months of being up there and so we moved in together fairly fairly quickly everything in Darwin was all about drinking really everywhere we went everything you did was drinking I used to work with all the men and go to the pubs with the blokes after work and mm. so um, I ended up getting quite uh, I got a, a boil and um, I decided to go to a naturopath because I was sick of the doctors anyway the naturopath told me that I was oh yeah I had a yeast infection all through my bowel fallopian tubes uterus I was riddled with yeast so he pretty much put me on a vegetable diet um, to get rid of it and so he told me if I did this within six months if I wasn't using any contraception I could end up pregnant and I didn't believe him Mm. but I followed what he said and six months later I got pregnant with my first child Mm. At that stage, I still was drinking and smoking and and doing drugs. So, but as soon as I found out I was pregnant, I was three weeks pregnant. But I stopped everything because that baby was the most important thing to me. Mm. Mm. My career got put on hold for a while. My um, ex and I didn't work out. We were together four years probably, but um, I left him when my baby was nine months old, mm. and I travelled back to um, South Australia to where my mum and dad were in Lee Creek. It was just a, it was a volatile relationship. So it was, I didn't want to raise my son in that environment. Um, and at that stage, so you know, I've been to mystic fairs and had, you know, I'd have dreams and all those sorts of things that I was looking into. And but God, I think God um, gave me Jacob to change my life, change my path completely because He, God knew how much I would take care of that child better than I would take care of myself. Even though I was doing lots of bad things to my body I was also really interested in health so it's a bit of an oxymoron you know, I was really wanted to be healthier and I was you know going especially after having that boil that sort of was the turning point because I could see my body was spewing out toxins that's how I saw it so I thought it was time to clean up my act 
And at that stage, mum, mum was still into the spiritualism. So she was looking into um, becoming a vegetarian for spiritual enlightenment. That's what she'd read. Mm, mm. So mum's, mum's been a vegetarian. She, she became a vegetarian just before Jacob was born. When we came back to Lee Creek, uh, we was, looked like we were both getting right into more, being more healthy. And because my main concern was that I also didn't vaccinate my son. So mm. I wanted to make sure that he had the best possible immune system through diet and lifestyle that I could give him because mm. I knew that everyone would give me a hard time about not vaccinating. Mm. Once I stopped breastfeeding, I started drinking again because was, it was back in Lee Creek. There's not much to do. Everyone hangs out at the pub, all the sports you have a drink, socialising. So I was a single mum. You get lonely, so you hang out where the people are. And I would often go to the pub with my dad on Friday nights and my mum would look after my baby for me. And meanwhile, mum started reading. Oh, she's always been reading, sorry, but um, like she's, and she has read, you know, Buddhism, um, Hinduism, travelling around the world, looking at different cultures. Uh, she's read the Bible, all these sorts of things. And one day this free pamphlet comes in the letterbox for a book called The Great Controversy. Mum asked around town, because we all know people, you know, know all your neighbours and everything, if anyone else had received this pamphlet and no one else seemed to. So she decided to ring this bloke up and ask about this free book because mum loved to read. And this guy sent her the book. He couldn't work out how she got the pamphlet because it was from a guy in Brisbane. So anyway, mum read the book and that was a turning point for my mum. She, going from an atheist to reading a book that... Um, started to explain to her about the Bible, answers that she had always had but never been able to find the answers for. She had a question she had. That's amazing. And um, mm. so she ended up reading the Conflict of Ages series. And meanwhile, I'd go to the pub and the next day mum would say, oh, Tanya, just have a read of this little piece of information here. And um, she... I would read it. It would be a little health message. She'd be like, oh, this lady's 150 years ahead of her time, you know. Have a, have a read of this. What she's telling it back then is happening now. And so that was how mum worked on me was through the health message. Mm. And um, and that's what you already embraced it? Kind yeah, of, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Because it, it really resonated with what we were, what we were doing. It's um, amazing how God uh, worked with us from where we are, you know. And uh, yeah. And so for mum, she had always questions and answers, you know, why, what's the point of this world and what's the point of being here? She had the husband, she had the kids, she had the money for the house, you know, like they had, they weren't rich, but, you know, they they were doing okay. And she could never uh, see the point still. There was just emptiness at the end of it all. And so this, um, the Great Controversy really answered a lot of questions. Oh, I didn't want to read it. I was a Catholic and I started to question mum. I thought my mum had gone crazy. And I thought she was in some weird cult. And so I started asking other um, Christians around me different things about what what do you believe about this and what do you think about that? And I was trying to make myself feel better by not listening to my mum, mm. even though I love my mum and I always respected her. I just didn't want to, I didn't want to know the truth at that point, I think. But she just persisted in, in a loving way to keep show, uh, sharing bits of information with me. And eventually I started reading more and more and then I read the Bible and and I used to read it to my kids when they were little and um yeah. <laughs> yeah, that look um that's that's okay, that's okay because I know uh 
when you're thinking about the changes in your life. There are uh, so many changes. Yes. But look, just before we um, uh, continue this, uh, this story, I would like to take a short break and we'll be back in a minute. Please stay with us. Don't go anywhere. This is an amazing story with Tanya in the footsteps of Jesus. song which was called um, lift up your heads welcome back and listen to tanya's story she's been through lots of things in her uh, life until she was challenged by her mom which was an atheist but she was starting to read some christian books mm. and now tanya is kind of uh, resisting uh, her mother trying to think um, what's going on with her <laughs> share with me tanya Mum started telling me about the true Sabbath and well, I know what I was taught as a Catholic about the Sabbath and I said, well, I told Mum I know why they've changed it and so I was happy with following Sunday worship even though I wasn't even going to church anymore but I um, challenged Mum and so Mum had to prove to me and show where, where I was wrong and Mum did. She just kept telling me and so I ended up searching the Bible for Sabbath 
mm. everywhere. And I was amazed at how much it talks about the Sabbath throughout the whole Bible and nowhere has it been changed. I couldn't find any evidence to back me up. Mm. And I even found my old uh, Bible that I had from the first confirmation, uh, Holy Confirmation with the Catholic Church. So I looked in the back about Sabbath and there's a text in there that says it said something. So I thought, oh, I wonder what that says. And I opened it up and it had absolutely nothing to do with Sabbath or what had changed. And I and I just thought, well, perhaps they just put that there for people just to say, oh yeah, there's see, there's a text there, and they don't really read it because as soon as you read it, it means nothing at all. I can't remember what the text was, but it really it was in two Corinthians, I think. Mm. And uh, yeah, so I started trying because I'm I'm married now by this stage as well, mm. and my husband and I both got together. Like we were both drinkers when we got together. Uh, in the first year of marriage, coming from my background, uh, always working with men, always drinking with men, having a domestic violent relationship, uh, and also growing up a tomboy, I was always a bit rough. And I, I learned how to box at, when I was in year four. My dad taught me how to fight to look after myself. Mm. So... I had a bit of an aggressive chip on my shoulder as well towards men, especially after I left my ex. Mm. And when I would drink, that would always come out. Even though my husband is a really gentle man, he never causes any arguments. But when I was drunk, I would I would give him a hard time. Mm. So in the first probably six months of our marriage, um, I, got, I had about three bottles of red wine and lost the plot and... Um, Dale, that's my husband, he said, the next day, if you ever do that again, we're finished. So I stopped drinking altogether from that point. Mm. And I and I hadn't been smoking since we'd been married either. And so once I stopped drinking, that also meant I stopped taking drugs and it really changed my life. And I was happy mm. to do it because I love my husband. And at that stage, at, at that point, you haven't been uh, going to a church yet? No, mm. no, I haven't been going to church since I was a young girl. And that was probably when mum first started talking to me about um, any Christian sort of things, really. Like in that, in that 12 months, two-year period, my mum had to make a really hard decision on my wedding day whether she would come, like she said, she had to make a choice because it was on the Sabbath. So I really challenged her because I had our wedding on a Saturday. Mm. And... Oh, she she was already keeping Sabbath. She was, she was uh, a church goer. Uh, no, well, there's no church in Lake Creek. Oh, okay. We yeah. we didn't actually know any Adventists at all. And she was just finding uh, the truth about the Sabbath through the uh, great controversy through, yeah. and uh, reading the Bible. Yeah. Okay. And it took her about twelve months to make her decision. So. Um, because in the in the great controversy, it talks about Ellen White being a Methodist, mm-hmm. and so Mum was trying to work out, well, what's the true Sabbath? Because if the Methodists don't keep Sabbath Saturday, and she was looking at all the different religions, and she worked out that the, the Saturday is the Sabbath day, so that's what she was keeping. She was the second in charge at the local foodland store. She decided that because they always did stock take in the middle of the year, and Mum was always. Um, helping run it so she said to her bosses this will be the last stock take that I'll be available for I won't be available for any more Saturday work she explained to them about her um, what she'd found in the Bible and what she was convicted of she she thought she'd lose her job mm. and she ended up getting a pay rise 
I would like to actually have her here at some stage to share her story. Uh, but just uh, coming back to your story, now you, you've been uh, challenging your mom, mm. organizing your wedding, like most of the times it's organized on, the, on Saturday, uh, and your mom is considering to come or not. Now, what was your reaction? Well, I guess I didn't really, I didn't actually think about mum too much until it came really close. And mum just said, oh, I've, ha- I've had to make my decision and she said, oh, I will deal with that, basically. That was it. So I guess she just took it up with God and did what she thought was right for me as well. Mm. Um, she was very supportive. Um, I think she probably kept Sabbath still quite holy okay. in what she was doing. Especially considering my dad was really enraged when my mum started to find out that she was keeping the Sabbath as well. He, he's very angry. Okay. And so then when mum started, and mum and I both started together reading the Bible and studying together on Sabbath and or any day, we'd be we'd always be talking about what we've re- been reading. This is an interesting point. Um, maybe he was not so angry with her when she was an atheist. Mm-hmm. But now when she's uh, uh, embracing, uh, you know, God, finding God, it's interesting, you know. And your, your father, as you mentioned, he, he was a Christian, you know. Mm-hmm. He, he will uh, take you to church or... Uh, oh, he uh, never took us to church. Well, okay. <laughs> but yeah. he, he... He will allow you to go to yeah, church. Yeah, he, he believes in God. Mm. Um, but for him... And he has said since that the Sabbath is the worst day for my dad out of the whole week. He hates it mm. because it. Well, my dad is, uh, you know, the, he loves to be the hero. And my mum said to him that um, he used to be her hero, but he's he's crumbling, mm. and now she's found the rock that won't crumble, and that's Jesus. So I think my dad has been jealous of Jesus ever since. All right, but mm. and. Um, so when mum and I would be studying or, you know, just we would be reading the Bible and dad would come in, we'd just quietly close the Bible and just move it just to the side and and you could see steam coming out of my dad's ears. He was so enraged and we were definitely being tested. Mm. <laughs> and mum, you know, we just keep praying about it. And again, we still, we never had any, no Christian influence in our life at all for years that we were up at Lee Creek um, studying the Bible. And now you you finding the the treasure, yeah. You know, like the Bible says, and you 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 are going to do whatever it takes, yeah, just to to find that treasure to and find the to treasure. Uh, to be with God. Yeah. Amazing, Tanya. And how how your life uh, changed from that point? Well, I went from one snowball to another. <laughs> mm. um, my husband got very depressed after I became a Christian as well. Because it changed our relationship. Not that I, I wasn't doing anything to give him a hard time or any of these sorts of things. He just he's t- uh, typically depressed person, mm. and uh, I think this just um, exasperated it all for him because we weren't drinking anymore like we used to, and our life was changing, and he didn't know how to deal with that. So we separated for six months, and I believe that at this point God was really testing me as well and and showing me what he could do like so through that whole time i just kept praying okay god if this is your will you know i know in the bible it says about staying with your husbands and wives you know you may lead your husband 
to the truth and all sorts of stuff if he's not opposing to it. He, he didn't oppose it. He just he was just miserable. Mm. We actually went to a counsellor and I was really worried about what sort of counsellor Dale would end up with because I know a lot of people that aren't haven't got a Christian background are not for Christianity when they come to counselling. Mm-hmm. But praise God because... Um, the counsellor we went to asked Dale, what have you noticed that's changed in Tanya? And he couldn't say one bad thing. It was all good things. And the counsellor said, so what's your problem? He said, the problem is with you, not your wife. I'm so grateful. I found out later that this man was a Baptist minister. Mm. And so I was grateful God gave us a, a Christian man to you know, talk through this problem that we were going through. Mm. And we separated for six months. And I still prayed the whole time. Um, you know, if it's God's will, he'll sort it out. And one day at the end of the six months, Dale and I had a big argument, and we don't usually ever argue. It's just we had a big argument, and I thought, well, that's it. He's not coming back. I'm done. I could, I'll could, i move on with my life. Well, the next day, Dale, moves back, he moved back in. Mm. So God wasn't done with that relationship. <laughs> I, I um, often look back at that and laugh at I thought that it was time to move on, and God said, don't be silly, Tanya, you're staying with this man. <laughs> We've got work to do yet. During this time, um, I know the Holy Spirit was leading amazingly. Like I said, we never had any influence from any Christians at this point still. So one stage I, early in the, in the walk, I um, started looking at my music and thinking, I shouldn't be listening to this music. The Holy Spirit is really impressing me. That, And I was looking at some of the symbols on it and thinking, oh, they're pretty satanic looking symbols and I didn't even really realise before. So I decided to, well, at first I thought maybe I could sell my D, my CDs and, and the Holy Spirit said, you can't make money out of the devil's music. So yeah. I chucked all my CDs in the bin, all the books, all the pictures, everything that I had. Um, that yeah, I didn't keep one. Except, I kept two, but I never played them again. I just... I uh, thought they were okay, but I found out later they weren't. Mm. And then I went on a music detox. I didn't listen to anything for 12 months. No radio, nothing. Just when we would drive 600 kilometres, it was in complete silence because I just, I guess God was giving me a cleanse. Mm. And you shared with me um, another time that you were quite involved in a rock music and uh, listened to music, as you said, you love music. Um, and right now you've been challenged uh, because of uh, reading some uh, stuff or just God impressed you to... At that to point, God impressed me. I mean, that's interesting. Just uh, God just showing me that all the music I was listening to was just no good. And you didn't, you're not going to church yet? Not going to uh, church. You don't have any influence to say so, you know, from, from the church. Uh, and you've been impressed by God to select uh, on what you are listening. Yes. That's amazing, yeah. Yep. And uh, and I've often, so when I when I did finally come to a church, um, well, I'd go to churches that were nearby if we were going somewhere. So mum eventually went to a, a couple of churches and, we we eventually worked out Ellen White was an Adventist. That's why we started going to Adventist churches. Mm, mm. Um, but I know a couple of times I'd met new people and they're like, oh, you should get your kids VeggieTales. They're really great. And then I got some Christian music. And I remember after, it wasn't very long after watching the VeggieTales, God impressed me again that it was a fable mm. and it wasn't the truth. And so I chucked all that in the bin as well. And... 
um, same same with the music that I'd got for the kids. I was watching it and I was like, oh, it looks like rock and roll. Mm. I've chucked all my music in the bin. Why would I let my kids watch that rubbish? So I chucked all that music in the bin as well. And also during this whole process, um, I decided to chuck all my evolution, fairy tales, all those sorts of things that we had for the kids. They all went in the bin as well. Mm. God just impressed me to get rid of everything before before we had any contact with any Christians. That's amazing, Tanya, and I'm I'm pretty sure that um, we can keep going, you know, keep talking about There's it. So many. <laughs> Unfortunately, the time is against us, yeah. and um, we need to come to a close for this session. Uh, but definitely, I would like you to have uh, I would like to have you back, sure, and to continue uh, this uh, great story. And um, thank you very much for uh, accepting our invitation to share with our listeners about your walk in the footsteps of Jesus. Thank you for tuning in with us. Until we meet again, remember to always follow in the footsteps of Jesus. If you'd like to contact us, don't hesitate to call us on 0401-305-077 or email us on eoncreta at yahoo.com. That's I-O-N-C-R-E-T-A at yahoo.com.